Hello, my rebels. Very exciting show today, a milestone. We now have more than 1,800 cases, 1,800 clients that we're taking through our fightthefines.com project. Can you believe it? Nearly 2,000. So I'll give you a bit of an update on the project, and then we'll have a uh, lengthy interview with the lawyer who is managing the project, Victoria Solomon. She'll talk about the paralegals and the other lawyers we have on the project, uh, the fundraising, the fund spending, uh, the dozens of victories we've had already. So this is a really super duper update special on this one subject today. I, I think you'll, you'll enjoy it. So uh, please do sit back and listen to our Fight the Fines. I'd, I'd call it an annual report, actually. If you want the video version of this, uh, just sign up to become a Rebel News Plus subscriber. It's eight bucks a month. That's nothing. Uh, in addition to getting the video version of this podcast, you get video podcasts from Sheila Gunnery, David Menzies, Andrew Chapados, and the satisfaction of knowing that you help keep Rebel News strong and independent. Just go to rebelnews.com and click subscribe. Okay, here's today's show. Tonight, we now have more than 1,800 Fight the Fines clients. We'll give you an update on the project. It's June 22nd, and this is The Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why I publish it is because it's my bloody right to do so. The lockdown started in March of 2020. Two weeks to flatten the curve, they said. The idea being you can't stop a virus from spreading, but maybe if the rate of spread can be slowed down, our hospitals wouldn't be overwhelmed. That's what that meant, flatten the curve, so that we don't all get sick at once. You'll recall President Donald Trump sent two massive Navy hospital ships to help, one to Los Angeles, one to New York to help take the overflow in case they couldn't flatten the curve. Except those two ships were never needed. They were never used. No hospitals were overwhelmed. In fact, public health officials had canceled so many other procedures and exams and non-emergency health care. Hospitals were pretty much empty. So bored staff spent their days making cringeworthy music karaoke videos on TikTok. So the curve was flat from the beginning, but the lockdowns were not lifted. You can't give autocrats that kind of power and expect them to relinquish it easily. In fact, things progressively got worse, not for the disease, I mean, for the lockdowns. There were no mask laws for the first six months of the pandemic. Do you remember that? Because if you recall, China had bought up the entire world's mask supply. It took six months for them to be replenished, and having spent billions of dollars on those replenishments, of course, our politicians had to command people to wear them to justify the expenditure, even if it meant that people like Theresa Tam had to explain why she suddenly changed her scientific opinion that masks were dangerous to her scientific opinion that masks were essential. Masks have become the flag of lockdownism. The proof that you are a true believer. Even though every single high priest of the new science takes off their mask 
as soon as they think the cameras are off. They put their masks on for the cameras and they take them off as soon as they think no one is looking. It's fake, but it's the symbol. It's the in-group. It's incredible reading stories about leftists who are vaccinated or whatever, who no longer live under mask mandates, but who choose to wear them. Not for scientific reasons, but for political identity reasons. They don't want people to think that they're Republicans or conservatives or whatever. It really is about that, about submission to an ideology and proof that you're a fancy person. Of course, there are other nonsensical rules too, like the 14-day quarantine for people coming home to Canada from the U.S., even if they repeatedly test negative for the virus, even if, I should say, except if you're a friend of someone powerful. So NHL millionaire players and their NHL billionaire owners are exempt from all that quarantine nonsense. And the CBC president is too. I don't know how that works. She lives in New York and she flies back and forth from her New York home to her work in Toronto every week without quarantining. It's it's not about health. It's about control and favors for friends. I showed this next video on one of my noontime live streams. It's one of a dozen videos I could have chosen from. They're all the same. It's some man wearing a mask or maybe two masks at some public mall, in this case in Toronto. And he spots a woman in the distance who isn't wearing her mask. And he goes up to her, he rages at her. Listen to it. It's pretty much the same script every time. Listen to what he's saying, but also what he's not saying. Watch what he's doing, but what he's also not doing. He's not truly afraid of this woman. If he was really afraid of her, uh, he'd be walking away from her. If he thought she had Ebola, he wouldn't be walking towards her. He never once makes a health argument here. He obviously just doesn't believe that she's a threat to either herself or anyone else, unlike, let's say, an Ebola person walking through the mall. It takes him a moment uh, to get to the point. He really just thinks it's unfair that she isn't wearing one, but he is. That's really what he's mad about. He has conditioned himself to accept this as the new normal. He has surrendered his freedom. He's wearing a muzzle and dehumanizing himself and his interactions with other people. Imagine his rage at finding a woman, no less, who's more of a man than he is. Take a look. You're not allowed. That's the security there. Well, it's... children here and everything. You're not special. I just come to the mall. I don't need a person like you being beside me without a mask. Well, you might want to talk to the security. You might want to talk to the security. This lady here in the mall without a mask. Yep, got you. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. You don't have a mask on. What is your... Who are you? I've just come to the mall to pick up Okay, yeah, sure. And you are What is your name? What is your name? You're a threat. What is your name? Get out of the mall. She can't wear a mask. It is my business. He's right here. No, it's not me. Put your mask on. Put your mask on. This lady, guys, on YouTube, she's causing trouble. She has no mask on. It's okay, she shouldn't be in the mall. She is exempt. No, she is not exempt. Did you see the paper? She's a liar. Hold on. No, no. I don't care. Please, come with me. Come with me. Please, come with me. Sir, everybody's complaining about her with no mask on. Everybody's got a mask. Sir, she's examination. Where? 
She told you you believe what she says? Yeah, yeah. I don't. The police needs to come, bro. This is not fair. You might get arrested, sir. No, you, you will. will. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm leaving, you. but he's hunting okay, me. Okay, come with me. I want the police to come. Sir, I stay there. Okay, yeah, sir, come with me. I'll show you the paper. Come with me. I'll show you the paper, but I need his okay, name. Okay, okay, okay. okay. It's psychologically slightly different for women mask scolds. The arguments are usually different, but every time I see a male mask extremist, mask snitch, mask scold, especially if he's criticizing a woman, it always comes out at the end. What he was really furious about wasn't any health risk, but that a woman has more courage than he does and dissents. And so he wants the force of the law to be brought down on her because that's what he was really afraid of the whole time, the force of the law or whatever, or being scolded. So he needs to see that imaginary, that thing he was afraid of, that pain inflicted on this woman, because if it won't be, it proves that he was afraid for nothing and he's really just been a coward the whole time. But enough amateur psychology on my part. But wow, have we ever been ripped up as a society by this, eh? Not by the virus, not by the disease itself. That, that has done damage to our seniors' homes in particular, but statistically it has not exceeded the annual flu for people under 60 in terms of death count. It just hasn't, I'm sorry. Uh, and I'm glad, actually, I'm not sorry. But boy, it's pitted us against each other. Can you imagine that guy in the mall? Can you imagine us acting that way in the before times so commonly? We, we saw these trends early here at Rebel News. We had no special knowledge about the disease, but a month into the apocalypse that never materialized, we realized that it was like another invisible threat that's hyped up by the media and the government to justify massive regulation of our lives. The theory of man-made global warming, something else you can't see, but just trust us, it's really bad. And trust us, we're all about to die from that unless we, in that case, stop using so much energy and pay more taxes. Except for the exempt class, right? Like Al Gore and Leonardo DiCaprio and everyone else who flies in private jets but tells the rest of us to pay a carbon tax. So um, it was that video. It was not, sorry, it was not that video. It was another video that I saw uh, just over a year ago that convinced me to do something about all this. More than just complaining. I complain. It's what a pundit is, really, a complainer. But it was this video of a pastor in Calgary named Arthur Pavlovsky, who for many years has fed the homeless on the streets of Calgary. The city always gives him a hassle about it for some reason. They say he doesn't have a restaurant license. They give him tickets. The, the city's intolerant mayor, Nahid Nanji, just hates this guy. I really don't know why. Maybe because he shames the city by showing the homelessness there that they prefer was kept in the shadows. Anyways, there was Arthur and his small little team from his church feeding the cold and the hungry. It was actually snowing. And then a bunch of bullies from the Calgary police come up and literally start pushing these Christians around and giving them enormous tickets. But this time they use the pandemic lockdown as their excuse. This is an illegal gathering. Take a look. This was the video that did it for me about 14 months ago. This is not a bench. This is not your picnic in a neighborhood for the fun of it. We are providing necessities of life to those that you and your bosses refuse to provide. You got all kinds of events happening right now, and yet the Calgary's finest are not bothering them. This is the hypocrisy of this city. This is the hypocrisy of our wonderful, fearless leaders. Where is Nahed Nimshi? 
The mayor of this city. He's allowed to stand back from you a little bit. Whoa, 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 whoa. On your feet. Stand back. Okay? Or what? You're going to fucking threaten me and fucking abuse me? Guys, do not do that. Tell him not to touch me. Six feet away for everybody. That's for everybody. I was so mad when I saw that. This was very early days. So I decided to start a project called Fight the Fines. And we set up the website fightthefines.com. Not to pay the fines for people. I don't have that kind of money and I don't want to pay them. I want to fight them. We decided we were going to crowdfund lawyers to fight egregious cases like Arthur's. And Arthur became our very first client. Soon we started hearing about other crazy cases across Canada, like Walter Matheson in New Brunswick, who got a lockdown fine for literally sitting in his car, windows rolled up by himself in a Tim Hortons parking lot, drinking a coffee. Remember that? Not too bad. Good, good. Tim Hortons has asked me to move people from the parking lot here. Really? Okay. I, I know you're by yourself and all that, but what it does is it's letting the teens see what happens, and then they all start hanging out here later on. No, I and don't Tim Hortons, that. pardon me? I don't believe that. You don't believe the teens that's will do their, that? That's, <laughs> that's their opinion. No, that's true, but they have asked, and it is up to them to do it. This country is still a free country. Okay, if you don't move, I'm going to give you a $292 ticket. Is that right? Yes. For doing what? For not moving in compliance to what I'm saying. I'm trying that's to be nice to you. License, please. License, please. No, I'll leave. Then leave. Now. Okay. I was nice to you. I gave you a chance. Get out. If I catch you thank back you here, it will much. be a $292 ticket. What, what's your ticket. name, sir? Constable John Thompson. Okay, thank you, John. Okay. Yeah. I would still like to see your driver's license, though. Well, I'm okay. No, I would like to see it, sir. Stop right there. Driver's license. Just a minute. I'll back up. Doesn't matter. You don't have to. You stop right where you are. Oh. How long is this going to go on? I have no idea. No idea. I don't like it any more than you do, but I'm doing a job. I'll be right back. Hey, sir, I was nice to you. I asked you to leave. You gave me a hard time, so now you're getting a ticket under the failure time. to comply with the directions of the Emergency Measures I, I Act. Yes, you did, sir. No, okay? No, you didn't want to leave. Don't try arguing now. If you want to take it up with something, you can take it up with the sergeant at the office. Okay. I'm not dealing with you. Or you can go to court and you can contest it. Okay? When the court Two hundred and ninety-two fifty. You can pay it at any service in New Brunswick. Or you can pay it online. Okay? Do you want it on court? Do you want to go to court in English or in French? I'm English. Do you want it in English? Of course I do. Okay. You have your driver's license back. Thank you very much. I'm going to get you to sign here. It's not admitting no, guilt. Just I've explained it to you. I'm not going to sign, okay? sir. Refuse to sign. It still stands, even if you don't sign. Okay? If you come back here, you will now be trespassing. Excuse me? If you come back, you will now be trespassing. Does that include every Tim Hortons in town? No, that's just one here in Hampton. Just this one. Just this one. So if you come back, you're trespassing. There's your ticket. Leave the parking lot now, sir. Let's have another one. Next one goes up to $1,000. Really? Yes. Oh. You can get up to $10,000 How this. many have you so given move. out today? You're the first. Well, I feel so, so good about that. You're lucky. That. You're the first. You're the first asshole back. Thank you very much. Yeah, was that really about public health? No, it was not. It was about abuse and force and compliance and submission. Uh, the very things that are so terrifying to that scolding mask guy in the Toronto Mall. Do you see, the police don't have to threaten millions of Canadians. They can just threaten hundreds or maybe thousands. And the rest of Canadians will see and get the message and become scared and compliant like the guy in the mall. In fact, they'll become little enforcers, little snitches like that guy in the mall just so the cops don't come down. Please don't come for me. I'll be your volunteer enforcer. Just don't enforce on me, please. 
So we started taking cases across Canada, and we actually started taking cases in the UK and Australia too. I think some of the worst cases in the world were from Australia. Uh, this one, a homeless man sleeping in his car, trying to save up money, money to get back into an apartment. He got a massive police ticket for breaking the curfew. I, I'm see, he, he doesn't have a home, and he got ticketed for that. Remember this? They got out of the car and then started asking me, why am I out of my house? after curfew, like I explained to them, this is my house. I'm living here. I don't understand what they mean, how am I out of my house. It's the only place that I have got to stay. Besides that, like on a park bench, but a car is much safer, warmer, you know, at least you've got doors to lock so no one can really attack you. They could throw stuff at your car, but that's about it. There's not much you can really do if you're in a car, so I don't think they should be giving fines. They should be helping. That's what the police are meant to be there for, to help people, not to harass. Just just absurd. And I think the most heartbreaking case we've taken anywhere in the world is from Australia too. It's a mum who was on the street. She was carrying a sign opposing the lockdown, but I want you to know she was not at a rally. It was not a gathering. She was just on the street, just with that little cardboard sign and police seized her, threw her in the back of a police truck, separated her from her screaming child. Take a look. My son's okay. with me. I am okay. not under arrest for anything. You are. No. Yes, you are. You need to get your hands yeah. off me. I do not see him. No. Remove your hands from me now. Come on. No. This is not my daughter. No. 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 Stop this. This is not okay. I hate that video so much. I hate watching it. We've taken her case too. I swear Australia's police are awful. Remember this guy from just last month? What are you doing? Do not touch my neck, bro. Coming out of the car. Right? Out of the car. Okay, spinal surgery and right. I'll sue the shit out of you. Out of the They're forcing somebody out of their vehicle now. I've done nothing wrong. I've done nothing yeah, wrong. Hold on. This is going nowhere. Yep, this going is going nowhere. nowhere. You're weak as f now. off. Major, okay, keep recording. Okay. Look at what you're doing to my son. F off, man. It's okay. Okay. Major, sit back. You're all right. Leave me it's the okay. f alone, bro. Okay. I've done nothing wrong. Just the worst. Of course, the police hate us for reporting on these things. They repeatedly arrest our reporter in Australia, Avi Yamini. Remember this? It was quite peaceful until. They've got it! This guy here is not here for any purpose or reason. Avi, they've got it! But this guy here is going to be placed under arrest right now. Well, I'm under arrest. I'm media. I am media. I'm media. I've got my permit in my pocket. My permit is in my pocket. I'm fine, I'm fine. You're for recording devices because you don't want to be recorded. Do you remember how that happened? Guys, this like I don't want to go, so they're gonna to have to physically take me. You can see here it's against my will. You can see here guys, it's against my will. You can see here I'm getting forced and pushed on the back.
They've done that to us in Canada too, not quite as dramatically. The Toronto police are the most violent towards us. Oh no. Just a disgrace. We're suing them. Uh, Montreal's police are really creepy, too. Uh, they found our Airbnb where our staff were staying in Montreal. They wanted to raid it and search our rooms without a search warrant for no reason. They just wanted to. They arrested our reporter, David Menzies, and took him to jail. And on other occasions, they've roughed up several of our other reporters just for reporting. Oh, look at this, the affirmative action hire. Are you seeing on? Hey, don't touch our people. Go cover you Did you touch him? Did you touch him? Why did you touch him? Here are the thugs! Here are the thugs! Here come the thugs! Shay! 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 You see my point? This stopped being about the virus a very long time ago. This stopped being about flattening the curve a very long time ago. It's instead being about flattening our civil liberties for a long time because we're here at Rebel News. We're one of the few news networks that has been covering the lockdown from the people's point of view as opposed to cheering it on from the politicians' point of view. Uh, because of that we've been roughed up a bit, I think the stupidest response to us was from Doug Ford's Justice Department. I don't know if you remember, they sent two letters to threaten to sue us because we used this stock photo of an Ontario Provincial Police uh, uniform, not even a, a cop's face, on our Fight the Fines website. They threatened us with four lawsuits over that image. How pitiful they are. But this whole thing has confirmed for me the importance of our Fight the Fines project that we launched back in April of 2020, more than 14 months ago. The importance to the individual people we're helping, of course, the importance of somewhere, someone fighting back for you because the left-wing Canadian Civil Liberties Association hasn't lifted a finger. Our allies at the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms have done a great job, a lot of important cases. I give them unlimited credit for that. But no one on the left. It's important that, that we do this, and I'm here to tell you that as of yesterday, We've taken 1,834 Fight the Fines cases in Canada alone. We've taken a couple dozen in the UK and Australia, but 1,834 in Canada. I can't even believe it. In fact, every single day we get 10 to 20 people asking for help. 
Some people get a pretty basic ticket. Some people get a more complicated ticket. Some people have literally received criminal prosecutions of one kind or another. And Pastor Pavlovsky, well, he wasn't just our first client. He's been our repeat client. Um, it won't surprise you to learn that he has received many more tickets since that first one. And then he went viral with this video a few months ago from his church when some cops were trying to interrupt. Please get out. Get out of this property immediately. Get out. Okay. Get out of this property okay. immediately. Out. I don't want to hear anything. Out of this property immediately. I don't want to hear a word. Out. Out. Out of this property immediately until you come back with a warrant. Out. 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 Out of this property immediately out. Immediately go out and don't come back. Don't, I don't want to talk to you. Not a word. Out of this property. Out of this property. Immediately out. Wow, that went super viral around the world. And it politically embarrassed the awful Calgary police and their mayor, who decided to crack down on this turbulent priest. And so one day after church, when he was on his way home just driving, police swarmed his vehicle like he was a drug kingpin in a getaway or something, like he was a terrorist. They, they dragged him out of his car onto the middle of a busy highway, cars whizzing by, made him kneel down on the middle of the street. Um, yeah, so <laughs> we've been busy. Uh, Arthur is famous, and uh, some of our other cases are too, but most of them aren't. Most are just severely normal people. I checked our video playlist, which you can see here. We now have 166 stories that we've told, 166 videos we've told about the different families we're helping. And that's the thing for some families, especially targeted for low, for by, by the lockdown laws, $1,000 or $1,500 fine can be devastating. I mean, that's a huge pill for anyone to swallow. I, I don't care if you're a millionaire, if you get a $1,500 fine, you're going to be upset about it for days. But what if you're someone targeted by the political lockdown, a, a working class person, someone who can't do their job by Zoom, you're not in a government union, you're not a banker or a lawyer, you may be a waiter or a waitress or a bartender, you were working in a retail store and you were shut down, but Amazon wasn't, and you're outside because, you know, you don't have a backyard, let alone a country home, and some busybody cop comes to kick you out of a park somewhere, so you get a $1,500 fine, that's going to destroy you, make you miss your rent, make you, I don't know, cause such a big problem in your life, you're already stressed, you're already unemployed, $1,500 fine is the kind of thing that could break up a marriage, you know. Our lawyers tell us that most of our clients are working class people. Of course they are. The lockdown class, the politicians, the journalists, the lawyers, those types, they're not the ones getting ticketed for doing illegal haircuts or trying to earn a living or going to the park. They've already got their fancy backyard pools or getaways in the country. So we now have more than 1,800 clients. And a couple of months ago, we had a huge breakthrough. We are now working with the CRA compliant charity called the Democracy Fund, which gives charitable tax receipts for donations. So unlike donations to Rebel News, which isn't charitable, donations to the Fight the Fines project, they are charitable and you'll get a receipt from the Democracy Fund. You can use it tax time. We've also learned a lot about how to manage costs. I mean, 1,800 plus cases, that's like a very large national law firm, which I guess we are now. We have lawyers in many provinces and now we have a full-time in-house lawyer. We have two full-time paralegals working directly for Fight the Fines Project, helping to coordinate all the clients and all the lawyers. 
But even with smart steps like that, and after a year of improving our systems, well, there's just no way around it. 1,800 cases cost a lot of money. On top of the full-time staff we have, we have to have lawyers in the field ready to theoretically run 1,800 trials. And some of them are going to be quite complicated. Some of them are actually criminal cases, very serious. So we're approaching the point where we have a question of, is there a limit to the number of clients we can take? It's one of the questions we'll discuss next with our full-time Fight the Fines legal coordinator, Victoria Solomon. Stay with us for that. And joining me now in studio is Victoria Solomon, a lawyer, our legal coordinator for the FightTheFines.com project. Victoria, it's great to see you. Thank you for being here today. I thought we would give our viewers an update on how the whole project is going. You told me just before we turn the cameras on that we have 1,834 cases that we've dealt with, mm -hmm. of which almost 100 have been resolved, um, most of which were withdrawn by prosecutors just when we lawyered up. Is that right? Yes, that's right. Yeah, we've had uh, a tremendous success, I think, in this project to date, and we continue to fight. Well, you're on staff, and mm -hmm. we have two paralegals who are working full-time. Mm -hmm. In addition to you and the two legal eagles, uh, paralegals, mm -hmm. we have lawyers across the country now. This started out just a few places, mm -hmm. but this is like a national law firm. Yes, we've spread out coast to coast and we have lawyers all over Canada and it's not only one lawyer, it's law firms. So there are multiple lawyers, there are paralegals, there is staff that are working tirelessly for our clients literally around the clock. Yeah, I mean, we have the website and I see when people fill out the form, I get a little ping and I just mm -hmm. take a glance. You, the first thing that happens is people fill out the form mm -hmm. You look at it mm -hmm. and you, you know, if there's something that's really crazy or mm -hmm. just junk, you throw it out. But then you assign it right. to, like, you look at it. Is it a ticket? Is it a criminal mm -hmm. charge? So you sort of sort it out mm -hmm. and you're like the air traffic controller mm -hmm. or, or like you say, okay, you take this, you take this. Is that how yes, it works? That, that's how it works. We have uh, clients with m many matters. Some are criminal, some are civil, such as closure orders, and some are tickets. So a closure order, that would be for a business? For businesses, that's And right. a ticket, that's what most of them are? Most of them are tickets or summons, and that's where the fines come from. And, and then a few of them are, are more serious criminal matters. That's right. How many, out of 1,834 cases, how many are those most serious criminal matters? So those are 16. 16. And they're spread out across Canada. And I'm actually very excited about them because we just hired the senior counsel, Mohammed El-Rashidi, who um, has retained clients and will represent them in court. So and he can uh, represent them anywhere in the country? Anywhere, yeah. And that's that's something that in the olden days you couldn't practice everywhere in the country, mm -hmm. but now the law societies have agreements with each other that they can practice a certain amount of days in mm -hmm. different provinces. That's right, except for Yukon and Northwest Territories. Those are the exceptions. Now, we have some cases up in the far north, like it was just a, a few, and we're right. doing our best to cover those? We, we do. We have um, a lawyer, Leighton Gray. Oh, we know Leighton. Yeah, yeah he's, he's amazing, and <laughs> he's senior counsel. And not only is he senior counsel, he's Queen's counsel. 
Boy, he's a QC. That's pretty yeah, fancy. Yeah, that's a very prestigious designation. So we're working on having him become a member of the Yukon and Northwest Territories. Just to bars, take these cases so for... So he can take those cases. Got it. So all the provinces can... A lawyer can, uh, a lawyer can work in different provinces, but in those northern territories, you have to apply. You have to be a member Got of it. the bar. And so Leighton Gray, who's based in Alberta, if I'm not mm -hmm. mistaken... He's applying so that he can represent our northern cases. Mohammed El Rashidi, some people may know him from his uh, CBC work. He, he used to appear on CBC, so he's telegenic. Mm -hmm. He's taking the criminal cases. Right. Tell us about some of the other interesting lawyers. I think some of our viewers are familiar with Chad Williamson oh, in yes. Calgary. He's sort of a little bit of a cowboy. Yes, he's, he's just great, uh, just super innovative. He's a fighter and uh, just a pleasure working with him. He's a hoot. Um, we have a whole law firm in Quebec that helps people in mm -hmm. English or French. Um, and we set up a French language website, mm -hmm. contestezlesconventions.com, if I'm pronouncing yes. that right. I'm, I'm terrible pronunciation. How are they doing? How many cases do we have in so, Quebec approximately? Um, they have over 200 cases. Mm -hmm. And uh, the law firm is called Ticket Aid. Christina Mukari is taking care of most of our clients there. She's an excellent lawyer. I think they're doing well. That province is difficult. The uh, prosecutors are very aggressive and they're proceeding quickly. So she's mm. got a lot. Isn't that on her interesting? Hands. Yeah. You know, I'm glad we've got a firm with some capacity. Mm -hmm. Like that firm is used to oh, handling yes. lots of clients because normally they help with traffic cases. Mm -hmm. So they've, they've got, a, they can do a lot of stuff. I'm glad mm -hmm. we teamed up with them. What's interesting is that a lot of the cases, there's a religious Jewish community in Montreal. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, I would say some of it is just miscommunication, but I think some of it, there's a little bit of animosity mm -hmm. from the police towards this community because mm -hmm. we have a friend there, Yankee Pollock, one of our staff, and they've been really weird toward him. They called him Jew media mm -hmm. and, and, and they've given Yankee a bunch of tickets. So we've had members of that community and I actually did a video in Yiddish. I don't know if yeah, you remember I remember that. that. <laughs> so, but we have we help people en français. Mm -hmm. Like we we help people who don't speak any English. Mm -hmm. We help every Canadian of every background. That's right. In fact, I see the names. There's a lot of new Canadians, a lot of minorities. Mm -hmm. We really are helping people from oh, yeah. every walk of life. That's right. I, I don't think it's a matter of color or religion or even left or right. It's a matter of civil liberties, and we don't discriminate. I, I onboard any client that has a ticket. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't even look at the merits of the case. We fight every case that comes across our way. Yeah. And that's our style. It's not called pay the fines. Mm -hmm. It's not called settle the fines. It's called fight the fines. And I had a great chat with Mohammed El Rashidi mm -hmm. and we may have some political differences, but we agreed we're both civil liberties people. Mm -hmm. And I felt really good about that. Leighton Gray, we know he loves civil mm -hmm. liberties. He's helped with some important um, matters already. Uh, you just worked with uh, a new lawyer representing mm -hmm. our clients in New Brunswick. Yes. Because they've, they've had a really brutal lockdown mm -hmm. out there. Tell us about the lawyer in New Brunswick. I haven't met him yet, but you talked to him on the phone. I did. His name is Nathan Gorham. He's a very experienced criminal lawyer and he deals with very serious criminal offenses. So I think uh, we're very lucky to have him join us. And you were saying he's a professor also? He is. Well, I mean, these are some serious counsel. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have some youngsters too, and that's great. I mm -hmm. like the, the young guys and gals, they fight really hard. Um, tell us about some, I mean, I, I, I'm not asking you to list them on, mm -hmm. I'm just trying to keep track mm -hmm. of them, but I think it helps tell the story mm -hmm. of what we've created. And you've been the full-time, everyday, hands-on legal coordinator. You've really built this. I mean, we started with that one case of Arthur Pavlovsky. Mm -hmm. 
I would never have guessed that we would be sitting here with 1,834 no. cases I now. I think when I started it with this project in January, I think we had 100 or maybe 150 clients. And now we've had over 2,000 submissions and we've taken up to 1,834 clients and we still have more waiting in queue. Now, every day I get these little emails and I don't look at them closely because mm -hmm. I know that you're taking care mm -hmm. of them. So we still get, what, five or 10 a day? Oh, more than that. That, yeah. that. That's a slow day. I, I don't think we've ever had less than 10 and some days up to 30, but I would say 15 to 20 new clients daily hmm. is regular. So you take them, you work with our two paralegals. In fact, one of those uh, paralegals, Jenna, mm -hmm. has been on some of the Fight the Fines cases. Mm -hmm. I was looking and we now have 166 little videos we've done. Mm -hmm. And that sounds like a staggering number, but that's not even one out of 10. Like if we yeah. have 1,834 cases yeah. and only 166 videos, for every case we're telling you about, we're finding 10 oh, yes. or 11 that we haven't. Um, now, I don't think we've had a full trial. We haven't had a trial, but our successes have been withdrawals. So just to, to explain for the lay people mm -hmm. who may not be familiar with civil procedure or even criminal procedure, some of these are, there's different kinds of offenses mm -hmm. we're dealing with here. Just because a cop gives a ticket mm -hmm. doesn't mean anything other than that cop gave the ticket. That's right. It then, in most cases, goes to a prosecutor who would look at it and say, I have a reasonable chance of conviction and this is in the public interest. And if those tests aren't met, the prosecutor does not have to proceed. Is that right? So we do try to settle this case and settle cases. And by settle, we don't mean settle. We mean get a matter withdrawn. So this is the goal. And if this doesn't happen at early stages, then it proceeds to trial if the client chooses to proceed. Got it. So uh, for example, the very first case, again, the one that got this whole thing started, mm -hmm. April, we took him on, April 2020, mm -hmm. Arthur Pavlovsky, I think it was a $1,200 ticket mm -hmm. for feeding the homeless mm -hmm. outside. Just insane. The police called that an illegal gathering. Mm -hmm. They pushed Arthur's people around. Frankly, he should have sued them. Mm -hmm. That's just my own personal opinion. So he got these crazy tickets. The prosecutor looked at these. And this mm -hmm. was a case, I think, that Sarah Miller. Yeah, Sarah Miller. Took. So, the, so the prosecutor said, I'm just not prosecuting mm -hmm. this. Yeah, and, and we see that all the time. So I think it's a matter of fighting. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you just show up with a lawyer and the other side said, oh, it's not going to be easy. Yeah, it could be. And uh, there are also procedural irregularities and administrative errors that allow us to have these tickets withdrawn. Mm -hmm. So before anything proceeds to trial, we try hard to uh, find a way to have the tickets withdrawn and we have succeeded in many cases. So I think you were telling me just before we, that we've had uh, about 91 that are dealt with and 50 were withdrawn mm -hmm. by the Crown when, when they were mm -hmm. just presented with an irregularity mm -hmm. or the case was just so ridiculous the cops should never have done that. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's pretty good considering not a single trial. Now, I don't want to give away any legal strategy and mm -hmm. we're not. I haven't been briefed on, on any of the particular cases and we have probably 10 lawyers. Probably more. Probably more than <laughs> 10 lawyers. I mean, I've talked to a couple of them. I've, mm -hmm. you know, they're all, they seem to be good guys and gals. I don't think I'm giving anything away when I say that if our first tickets came aboard in April 2020, mm -hmm. and it's now June 2021, mm -hmm. time is passing. Mm -hmm. And 
one of the constitutional protections we have in the Charter of Rights, mm -hmm. but it's, it predates that. I mean, mm -hmm. the right to a speedy trial, mm -hmm. the right to a speedy trial, mm -hmm. because as time passes, memories fade, evidence evanesces, mm -hmm. um, and there's the stigma hanging over you. There's mm -hmm. the stress hanging over you. You were charged with something, and it bothers you, and you think about it, and you're embarrassed by it, maybe, if someone else knows about it, and you're worried about it. So there's a lot of good moral reasons why if the government says you've done something wrong, well, then come to court and prove mm -hmm. it. And we're coming up on a year and a half yeah. now. And I know that in Canada, a year and a half is that point where the judges say, this is the, the government, pandemic or not, you had a chance to move on this and you just simply didn't. Mm -hmm. Yes, and I, I think we are waiting to see how the courts are going to deal with this when they reopen. In a lot of jurisdictions, there is a backlog. And, and then some, they don't have enough resources to prosecute these cases. And that's one of the reasons why many tickets are getting withdrawn. So when courts reopen and matters come up for trial, it remains to be seen how they will deal with this matter of uh, charter right to a trial within a reasonable time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very interesting. I think, here's my theory, and um, I think this is absolutely true, at least in some cases, mm -hmm. that police are over-ticketing and politicians like that because they want to scare everybody into compliance. If someone is so scared that they pay their ticket or so rich that they pay their ticket, well, that's just free money for the government. And I think that in certain jurisdictions, they're just going to wipe out en masse. Like, I don't, I have no insight. I have no, I, I'm not looking into my crystal ball. But if you have thousands and thousands of tickets that are constitutionally dubious, that were handed out just as some political war against people, it's probably served its purpose. And do you really want to take a hundred prosecutors and a hundred courtrooms and say, we're going to now litigate this at the cost of millions of dollars. I don't think, now some of the governments will, some are very punitive. Mm -hmm. I think Manitoba, New Brunswick are the most punitive, is that right? And you were saying Quebec's aggressive? I think so, yes. Yes, it remains to be seen, but it, it is my personal hope that this will happen. And I guess we'll see. Yeah. And again, I have no inside knowledge on any of these things, nor do I know the particular legal strategy of any of our cases. But I've observed that in the United Kingdom and Australia, tens of thousands of tickets were thrown out just because they were improper mm -hmm. for some underlying reason. So that's a reason I would say to anyone out there who's got a ticket, do not pay it. Don't pay it. It's probably flawed. Even if it's not flawed, if the prosecution doesn't move, you may have the ticket thrown out for want of prosecution. And, and finally, you just might win. What's the downside? So go to fightthefines.com. We did some of these in the UK and Australia. We did a few dozen, but we've sort of wrapped things up in the UK because there's not a, a lot of fines anymore. They've really eased the lockdown. We still take a couple of cases in Australia, but again, same thing, they've really lifted the lockdown. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Canada has the strictest lockdowns, I think, in the world right now. I think so. So it seems. Yeah. Well, um, I want to say that we had, besides you and the paralegals, including Jenna, who's on TV for us sometimes, that was an important thing to have that in-house. Oh, yes. They're just wonderful. They're in-house. They're very senior, sorry, uh, senior paralegals, and they're doing amazing work only um, yesterday I was on the phone with Jenna and she advised she got 
um, six uh, tickets withdrawn. That's incredible. She's proceeding aggressively, and she's just wonderful to deal with. And Caitlin is a very senior paralegal as well, and um, they're assisting us in Ontario. I've had the pleasure of talking with both of those women, and they are very sharp, very clever. Uh, in fact, when I first met Jenna, she, Jenna, she was so um, she had such a comprehensive knowledge. I assumed she was a lawyer because she has, I think, probably more actual working experience mm -hmm. with the laws than most lawyers. Yes, and she has developed strategies for dealing with the tickets on mass going forward. Yeah. I just she's a true believer. Also, yeah. I've seen some of her videos. Um, one of the things besides having the, this in-house team that's made a difference is the advent of the Democracy Fund. And that's a registered mm -hmm. CRA compliant charity, one of whose missions is supporting civil liberties litigation. And so for the last two months or so, any donations to the Fight the Fines project, they actually go directly to the Democracy Fund. They don't even touch Rebel News mm -hmm. there, just go straight over there. And the Democracy Fund pays the lawyers so all the money, there's no overhead of the Democracy Fund, 100% goes to the lawyers. But the benefit is our donors get the tax credit. Mm -hmm. So it depends on what province you're in, but if you give 100 bucks, maybe it only costs you 75 now, because you get 25 bucks back in tax time. If you give 1,000 bucks, the amount you keep is, is even larger. I, I don't want to guess offhand the exact amount, it's slightly different for every province. But that has allowed people to give more than they normally would. And what I say to folks is, look, it's a tax time. Would you rather give an extra $200 to Justin Trudeau or have that money go to fight the fines? I mean, to me, it's a no-brainer. Um, that said, if we have 1,834 cases yeah. and we're getting 10 new ones a day, and you say it's even more sometimes. Now, we've had 91 dealt with. So let's say we've got, I think you were telling me we have 1,743 cases mm -hmm. that are still going on. That's right. 1,743. Yeah. But every day we're getting... We're getting more people. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like uh, some provinces, they're, they're actually getting more brutal. Yeah. And, and the number of this will proceed to trial. There is no question about it. And Yeah. I like all the criminal ones are going to trial. Criminal and the tickets also. And, yeah. uh, and I think that's, that's the great thing about having this democracy fund. It is the burden. I feel like we are really the official opposition in this country right now, and the government has almost unlimited resources, and what we have is the generosity of our donors, yeah. and, we, and we have to be sure that we can pay our lawyers, and we don't want to stop, we want to keep taking on more right. clients. I feel like we've already done a few important things. We've signaled to the world that not everyone's going along with this. We've given help to, to nearly 2,000 people, We've got 91 folks out of this mess completely. Um, we've shown prosecutors that they're going to be up against serious people, not just our paralegals, but, you know, Leighton Gray, QC, this new professor lawyer in New Brunswick, probably one of the top lawyers in New Brunswick. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're showing the government it's not going to be a cakewalk for them. Um, and I think we've given psychological stress relief to every one of these families. Yes, and it's not just a matter of legal assistance. I think it's a matter of moral assistance. I, I speak to people on the phone. I email with them and I see how stressed they are. And I think just the fact that they're not alone helps them to go through this process because I'd say for the majority of these people, they've never had any contact with the justice system. 
Like some of them probably never even got a parking ticket. So they're very stressed. They don't know what's going on. And, uh, and I guess I'm glad we're here to support them. Yeah, I mean, that's on your part, that's a heavy burden for you to, to relieve their stress. But on the other hand, what a, what a pleasure in a way to say, hey guys, it's gonna be okay, we got a lawyer for you and you don't have to pay. So on the one hand, I wouldn't want your job because you're dealing with <laughs> tough people, probably even some people crying. No, I haven't had you that. Haven't you no, okay. actually, I did. I did, okay. yeah, I, once. I, I mean, I'm not making fun. I'm just saying I know there's stress yeah, out no, there. Yeah, it's I, very stressful. Um, so, I, I mean, I'm not built for, for that. But uh, but on the other hand, for you to be able to say we've got Leighton Gray, we've got mm -hmm. Chad Williamson, we've got, um, you know, Ticket Aid, mm -hmm. um, we've got, like, like that, to be the person who says mm -hmm. it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. But like you s said so wisely earlier, it's our viewers who did this. One of the things you and I talk about every few weeks is is the money. Yeah. Because we don't want to make promises to clients that mm -hmm. we can't keep. And lawyers, they demand to be paid. And I don't believe in pro bono lawyers. We've had this mm -hmm. conversation before. I think that you want an expert. Mm -hmm. And and if, if there's some real estate lawyer, I'm sure he's very nice. But he, if he says, I'll work pro bono, well, you, mm -hmm. you don't know criminal law. You're not an expert mm -hmm. in these things. Thank you so much for offering to help. But we actually need a pro. Mm -hmm. Like Mohammed Al Rashidi, mm -hmm. he's a criminal law yeah. pro. We want that. Um, Chad Williamson, that he's a born litigator. Mm -hmm. So I believe in paying for lawyers. I know people are probably saying, oh, well, it's, you're spending too much. Well, we are spending mm -hmm. money. But I have a motto there's nothing more expensive than a cheap lawyer. Mm -hmm. sure. And if you have a lawyer that doesn't know what they're doing, it's a placebo. You're going to get in trouble. So what, I mean, our discussions and what I've observed and the people we brought aboard, these are serious lawyers who are going to win. Or mm -hmm. if they can't win, it's because the facts are impossible, right. the law is impossible. We are not sending in second raters. No, they're all senior criminal counsel. They know what they're doing. And they're all extremely hardworking and dedicated people. So we don't stop because it's, you know, it's a Saturday or a Sunday or it's an evening. We're working around the clock. And in addition to this uh, criminal lawyers in Ontario, for example, we have a team of uh, extremely professional civil lawyers, which is Amanda Armstrong and Nirmala Armstrong, who have actually recently succeeded on uh, a number of closure orders against businesses. So they've saved businesses mm -hmm. from lockdowns. And you and I have been talking about a very special lawsuit they might start on behalf, and we won't announce it now, we'll wait till everything's ready, a very special lawsuit on behalf of a class of people mm -hmm. who have we think have been discriminated against under the lockdowns. So I was looking at the very creative ideas mm -hmm. from that mother, that's a mother-daughter team, right? That's right. That's and, pretty cool. And Jenna Little is the one that came up with the idea together with the client. We have some really amazing clients. Yeah, they're turning yeah, into yeah, fighters, they're, aren't they're they? They're just great. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful. I mean, and, and that's, that's what I mean, to meet those people. I mean, mm -hmm. so, some of the people who are getting these tickets, they're just regular folks who mm -hmm. stepped over a line. Some of them are just sort of intransigent rabble routers. Mm -hmm. I would be under that category. So our own staff, some of them got tickets. Oh, yeah. But some of them are just great people who are in extraordinary times and they decided to show some courage and push back. Mm -hmm. And we have met some wonderful people, people from different walks of life. I mean, uh, a year and a half ago, rebel, your typical Rebel News viewer typical Rebel News fan was probably different than today. I think we've very much become a helper of the working class 
helper. I mean, when I think of who's been punished in the lockdown, I think waiters, waitresses, mm -hmm. hairstylists, barbers, restaurateurs, like, like really working people. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about fancy people. Well, like I said, we like people of all backgrounds, but who has been hurt? And I feel like, uh, I mean, we, we are a business and the Democracy Fund's a charity, but I believe that what we're doing here is filling an important social uh, vacuum left by the Canadian Civil Liberties Association, which has been absent without leave, left by uh, opposition parties who are meek. Uh, where, who's helping people? And I feel like the fight the fines. I think, mm -hmm. I mean, I love our friends at the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedom. John Carpe, what a good guy. He's one of our favorite people. But I think with 1,834 cases, I think we are Canada's largest civil liberties oh, yes, uh, organization. I think without a question. I mean, who could be bigger a, than that? that? Yeah, this is a, a project of astounding scale. Yeah, well, listen, so much of the credit goes to you, and I thank you for that hard work. Um, let me close by saying what you and I talked about just the other day. I said, how much money are we on the hook for? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I mean, don't say the number out loud, but when you've got... Well, if you add it all up, 15 or 20 lawyers at least, mm -hmm. right? Like Ticket Aid has mm -hmm. several and all these, these are law firms, as you say. Mm -hmm. Let's say we got 20 lawyers. Some of these cases might only cost a grand to dispatch. Mm -hmm. Some of them are going to cost 10 grand. Mm -hmm. You got 1,834 clients and you're getting 10 more every day. You're coming up on 2,000 pretty soon. Even if you can resolve them for a thousand bucks each, mm -hmm. well, that's a two million dollars. And this is not taking into consideration constitutional challenges, which yeah. we do plan to launch. Yeah. So um, here's what I said to you, and here's what I said at a staff meeting the other day. I said my job as president of Rebel is to make sure the company lives and everyone here we can make payroll and stuff. So I will never go so far down this road that we jeopardize Rebel News. It would be irresponsible to do that. But it's also my job to get the, to get the dough. Mm -hmm. So how do we do that? I mean, I've made a, my own contribution to the Democracy Fund. I, as a point of pride, I was one of the very first donors. I was, someone beat me to it, but I was <laughs> one of the very first. But I, I do not want to stop just because we hit some arbitrary number of 2,000. Mm -hmm. If more people need help, the idea of turning someone away is very unpleasant to me. Mm -hmm. So... What I've promised the world, I guess, is that I will keep on asking people to go to fightthefines.com and chip in as long as we have the need. And the, the metaphor I use is like we're a lifeboat. We started by bringing one guy into the lifeboat, mm -hmm. Arthur Pavlovsky, then another guy, then another, 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 mm -hmm. and now there's 1,834 yeah. people in the lifeboat. It's like a cruise ship. And more lifeboat. waiting. Yeah. <laughs> so as long as the lifeboat is strong enough, We'll keep bringing them more, but I don't want to sink the lifeboat. Mm -hmm. If we get beyond our means, that would be, in the metaphor, sinking the mm -hmm. lifeboat. So I never want to sail away from anyone and say, sorry, no room in the lifeboat. That, that would be very hard on my heart. So I don't want to do that. So the only other option is to keep raising money. Because uh, for the foreseeable future, there will be more tickets. I don't mm -hmm. see an end to tickets coming till the end of the year. At least. Yeah, very end for the long haul. Because some of these cases, by the way, are going to keep on going for trial in 2022. Yeah, so even once our clients stop getting tickets, the court matters are going to proceed. Yeah. So it will take a long time to resolve. 
Well, listen, I'm very proud of this. I think this is one of the best things we've ever done at Rebel News. It's certainly the biggest thing we've ever done. To say that there's a $2 million um, liability here, I think is fair. We don't know because we don't know how far and how hard. I mean, if all these were dropped tomorrow, mm -hmm. we'd be done. That's yeah. not going to happen. Can we get some provinces to drop them? Can we expect you know some of them to be timed out? Yes, we can. How much? I don't know. How aggressive are the prosecutors going to be? We don't know. Mm -hmm. Some of the provinces, they're going to be very aggressive to make a point. So um, if all this came due and if we owed $2 million today, we don't have that. But we have time. Mm -hmm. And we raise money every day at fightthefines.com. And I say again, and I think this is important to note, not $1 from fightthefines.com goes to Rebel News. It all goes to the Democracy Fund, and they, there's no overhead there. It's just 100% paid. Mm -hmm. And I think, we, I think we push back on lawyers and we negotiate mm -hmm. with them, and I think we're attentive to keeping the price down. Mm -hmm. I think so. And we've negotiated bulk fees with lawyers to make sure that they're compensated properly yeah. while this project still makes sense financially. And I'll say it, in one case, we, we took a lawyer to an assessment because we thought the bills were too high. And I, and I say that only to, to say that we are treating the money very carefully, even though it's not our money, we're, we want it to be spent on this real project. So anyhow, that's the big update. Victoria, it's great to sit down with you and thank you for all your uh, anecdotes and your, your survey of the project. It's a huge project. I'm very proud of you and our paralegals. I think you're doing a great job. I think um, the job is not done. Oh no. In fact, in some ways it's just getting started. Oh, yes. These are just all onboarded. Mm -hmm. We may have a thousand trials in the future. And if so, we're going to rely on our viewers because I do not want to put a full sign, a no vacancy sign on the lifeboat. I want as long as possible to take more cases. Last word to you, before you, we came on today, we were talking about if you had any tips for viewers mm -hmm. about uh, how to apply for mm -hmm. Fight the Fines, there are a few things you think that maybe if there's someone who... Mm -hmm. If you had some advice for people who need help, what would your advice be? Yeah. So uh, first, I, if uh, you intend to fight your fine, I would encourage you to contest it uh, within the deadline set out on the ticket and the instructions for um, fighting for launching those uh, disputes are on the ticket as well. Um, unfortunately, we don't have the resources to dispute these tickets for clients in first instance. So once you get court dates, our lawyers will take over, but uh, we need the clients to dispute the fines to so make sure that the deadlines are not missed. And that's the easiest thing to do. You just sort of write yeah. in and say, I dispute, like you mark an X and yeah, you sign either, it. So either you call the court or you fill out um, a form on a website provided on the ticket. Right. And then from there, mm -hmm. we take over. So it's yeah. that very first thing. And that's actually the easiest thing. Yes. So it's not, you, you know, you, it sounds complicated, mm -hmm. but it's just... X, I will fight mm -hmm. this. And just because we may not be able to move quickly enough, because mm -hmm. you have only a certain period right. of time, and, right? And it's very important. It's sort of like hurry up and then wait. So it's very important not to miss those initial deadlines. But once you dispute a fine, it may take six months to a year to even yeah. get a court date, so, if and, at all. And in so, the meantime, it's the stress is on us. Okay, so that's one piece of so advice. Do you have any other advice? Yes, so that's, that's one. Um, secondly, we communicate with our clients mainly by email. And we've been fighting that, finding that a lot of those emails go in 
people's junk folder or spam folder and then they panic because they feel that they haven't heard back from a lawyer. Mm -hmm. So it's very important for clients to check their phone and check their email, all folders and to be in constant communication with us so that we could keep you informed and receive instructions. Um, uh, also, I find that a number of clients sign our form, uh, sign up on online uh, by filling out our form multiple times. And I understand why they do this. I'm sure they're stressed and they feel that they haven't heard from us quickly enough. But unfortunately, it creates uh, an administrative backlog on our end, which we need to clear. So if you fill out an application, we will have it. And there is no need to sign up multiple times because it just adds to the work on our side. Yeah, I bet that people are stressed as they yeah, just which hit Yeah, I, I completely understand yeah. that. Well, listen, those are good practical tips mm -hmm. for folks who need help, but just if the instructions are there at fightthefines.com, and mm -hmm. you and I talked about maybe one little tweak we'll make to, to things to mm -hmm. make it a little easier to understand. Mm -hmm. The purpose of this video, Victoria, is twofold. Number one, to give people a report, to tell them the magnitude of the work mm -hmm. that has been done. Because I think it's surprising even to me. When when you said 1,834, I was sort of shocked. Because the last real update I mm -hmm. had from you, we were at 1,200. Yeah, I, I think we got so busy that I got just boggled down and sending yeah. clients to lawyers and resolving matters and fighting fires that when yeah. We did the count. Uh, yeah, it was surprising that we were almost at 2,000 people. That's crazy. So the first purpose of today's video is to give people as much of an update as we can mm -hmm. without getting into individual cases. Mm -hmm. The second thing is for me to tell folks, I love this and we're okay financially for this. And by we, it's a pot of money at the Democracy Fund. It's not Rebel News money. I will, at a certain point, put up the no vacancy sign on this project. I just will because we don't, it, using the lifeboat metaphor, I, I'm not going to sink the whole lifeboat to take one more person on. But I want that day to be as far into the future as possible. So I am asking our viewers if they love this project, if they think it's important on a micro level to save an individual family or a macro level to help save the country, frankly, please go to fightthefines.com. You will get a charity receipt. You can make a $10,000 do donation, $10,000, if, if that's your ability, and you'll get a very large tax credit for that. I'm just saying that because I hope someone's considering that. Uh, you've seen the quality of Victoria. We've described the quality of many of our lawyers. You've seen them in the 166 Fight the Fines videos we've made so far. I think we're making a difference. And as long as you're there, you are the source of the funds and the resources and the energy that we're helping 1,800 plus people. So please keep it up. And when, I guess, Victoria, when people say, all right, that's enough, mm -hmm. then we'll say that's enough. But we won't quit one second before they do. No, I'm here for the long run. Right on. Well, Victoria, <laughs> great work. Thank you. Keep it up. Thank you. Well, there you have it, folks. A full show on our fightthefines.com project. One of the proudest things I think we've ever done at Rebel News. Victoria's great, isn't she? And she's built this whole team, really built a national law firm in a few months. So that's the show for today. Until next time, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, to you at home, good night. Thank you. And keep fighting for freedom.